Well, welcome back, folks. Uh, we're excited because we have a guest today. Um, when we started this podcast, we intended to have more guests. And I think the only one we've really had so far is Colin. We decided. Remember, we had an episode with Colin. And Miles. And My well, Miles, I don't know if he's a guest because Miles just kind of like deputized for me and was co-hosting. So depending on how you want to count and if you feel inclined to count Colin and or Miles. Uh, Tessa. Oh, that's true. We have had Tessa too. So Amy's yeah. probably not our first guest, but she'll definitely be our best. Um uh amy amy I, I think everyone on the team should know who amy larkin is but amy really quickly and we'll, we'll, we'll kind of go into your background more in just a second if you want to introduce yourself amy oh hi i'm amy <laughs> what do you want me to say oh well uh what 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 uh, group do you coach with maybird and how long have you been oh. doing it okay i coach the black diamonds and has it been four or five years i think um and they're the best coolest girls and i'm lucky to coach them well we're excited to have you here amy we'll run through our announcements really quickly but then we want a amy is uh has, has a significant depth of knowledge and a bunch of stuff we're interested in so we want to give her as much time as possible uh, yeah, we could we could use her for a lot of topics so oh yeah well yeah we're, we're, we're going to try to get the most mileage out of her as we can but uh what uh, what announcement should we run over really quick before we yeah so I don't really have a whole lot of announcements today. Um, you know, obviously we've got running group, which I think will be on the forefront of people's minds today because of our topic. Um, and um, I, I did want to, you know, a lot of the groups have been kind of getting some getting together and meeting up. And, and it's funny because it's especially the girls groups that seem to be more on the ball than the, the guys groups, because the girls groups have already had like, little parties and get togethers and it's been it's been super fun um we have just an amazing girl program which is you know we'll, we'll talk about this more in a second but it wouldn't be what it is without our guest today so but um i went to the uh i went to the preston's house on was it thursday for the red girls party Tons of girls showed up. It was super, super cool. But there's one person I just kind of want to shout out in particular. I was just kind of thinking about it. And that's Piper Lancaster because she is she's helping coach the Red Groups, the Red Girls group. And I don't know if everyone knows her. I think a lot of people do. But she's graduated. She's going to the U. She's studying like what she's studying like. Biomedical. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Biomedical engineering. Which. I think it's a fancy way to say like cure cancer or something. I don't really know, but, um, but she is also, she's like super stoked about coaching a neighbor group and she's doing like a lot of the national series and she's got like a really, really pretty aggressive race schedule lined up, which I just think is super cool. And that's kind of what exactly what I want to see more people do, you know, like people that are, that have a cool race schedule lined up when they're going to college. Cause I guarantee you what she's studying isn't easy and she's busy, but I think it's awesome. She's kind of carving out the time to have an awesome race schedule. And I just think that's just a super, super cool role model for these girls that she's working with. The funny thing is at the party, she looked younger than most of the girls she was coaching, but, but I, I think that, yeah, shout out to her. I think that's just super cool, super cool role model. Um, 
but yeah, it's, it's exciting. I think it's so cool that our girls groups have gotten together and had little parties and gets togethers. Um, again, if your team snaps not working or if you haven't heard from a coach, reach out to me. It works for most people, but some people we kind of have to delete their account and send them a new invite to, to get things working. So hopefully we can get that working before the official ride season starts. Um, another thing I want to put out there again is uh, Derek Taylor Capital is um, willing to help some kids in need get on cool bikes. Um, if you know of anyone that could benefit from a bike and it, like, like you said, it doesn't have to be a Nike or a, well, it probably should be a Nike rider. It doesn't have to be a Maybird rider. So especially if you're like a, involved with your, your Nike teams and know some kids that are super motivated, want that, that need a little bit better equipment, reach out, let me know. I, I've had one person reach out, but um, I'd like to hopefully get some more candidates to look at. So another thing to throw out there. I'll say on this too, I, I wonder if people are kind of like hesitant, if like, I'm not sure if this kid is like, you know, what you guys have in mind. Like we, we'd say like, obviously don't promise anything to anyone, but like, we'll hear you out on any, what do we, I, I don't know. I mean, we can't give away a hundred bikes, but if you have someone in mind, we'd love to like consider their situation, you know? Um, we're, we, we kind of, uh, you know, look at like the kids that we have suggested and decide like if it would really have an impact and if it's, um, but like, don't be afraid to suggest someone, you know, it's kind of like a scholarship program, you know, we'll take whatever uh, resources we have and we'll do our best to, to use them as, as, as wisely as we can. So um, any, anyone, like, like Dan said, I, we, we kind of envision like a Nike kid, someone who's got a lot of promise and who mo more than anything is just really excited about, about it and wants to do it, but just doesn't have the resources to get uh, the gear that they need. And I'll tell you, if you have a kid who's got a decent bike, but can't get a decent pair of shoes, like, you know, whatever it is, throw it out there. We'll, we'll consider it and we'll see if there's anything we can do. Okay. And um, I think that's really, I think we're kind of light on announcements today. Oh, Zwift, Zwift group. Yeah. As always. Uh, another really good one last week. Uh, we had a cool, uh, cool uh, battle between uh, Andrew Preston and Andrew Draper. Uh, and that was fun to watch, but crappy to be a part of for about 45 minutes. Um yeah, I I I think the these whiffs have been like the biggest win of the year so far. Like that's been really cool to do with the team. So make sure to come to that. No, running group has been Joe. Well, yeah, group was the biggest group of like last year. This this like the Zwift thing. You know, like this is new. You know, you guys, we we've given running group plenty of room to shine. You know, it's my, time for my thing to be the cool new shiny thing. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah. I took with, the diamonds to watopia on friday oh really yeah. yeah she considers the jordan parkway trail watopia oh okay i was okay well there you go i mean it's 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 very similar in every single when way she, when she rides paths she considers that riding on a trainer yep so huh so we have different on that amy you're much tougher than i am uh you're but, joke yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, um, yeah, Amy's much tougher than me, but you guys didn't need me to tell you that. And I think that's a good transition. Um, you know, uh, like you said, Amy, we could probably talk to like a lot of, you know, you talked to you about a lot of subjects, but maybe just to start, I mean, like, what is your, like, well, can I just, inter can I just interrupt for a sec, Joe? Yes. Um, as, as we're introducing Amy, um, 
I think probably the coolest thing about Maybird really is how many girls we have writing for us. I, I honestly think we probably have more girls than boys right now. I haven't counted or looked, but um, we just like the girl program is just so awesome. And that I would say like most of the credit goes to Amy Larkin for getting us to that point. Um, like Maybird would kind of suck without the Larkin support and all they've done for us over the years. And um, we really, really wouldn't be where we're at now. So um, I don't know how you thank someone that much, but she's done, she and Zach have just done so much for the club and, and just such awesome people and make it so fun. And just, just, we're just so lucky to have people like that involved with us. So. Wow. Generous. Thank you. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's uh, like Dan said, you know, that like, like I, I think that there's a significant part of that. That's just like the amount of time that you, you dedicate to this. But then I also think that like, that's kind of, what I was interested to know, like, you have seem to have a really significant depth of knowledge and endurance sports generally. Like where, where does that come from in your past? Well, um, you know, I, well, I started learning about exercise and stuff at the university of Utah and I have a major in exercise physiology. And then I, um, have an American college of sports medicine, exercise physiologist degree. So I was, haven't been into that for a long time because I've been graduated for a really long time. <laughs> um, so I ran cross, cross country and track up at the U and I kind of, that was kind of my jive. So, and anyway, I've been like a personal trainer. I've taught spin classes. I've worked at a running store. I've coached high school, cross country and track and mountain biking. And then um, I work right now as a coach for Salt Lake Running Company. So exercise is a big part of my life. Has it always been that way? Or cause, cause like I, I always tell people, I found my way into loving endurance sports. I think a lot later than most people was it, was this something you were kind of, you know, you were, you running when you were two years old or did you get into this? In, in oh, high school? Yeah. My, so I had a really cool cousin that loved to run and he kind of got me into it in high school. So up until then I was pretty much a failure at all sports that I tried. So I was really excited to see that I could actually do something that was athletic. Didn't the coordination thing, was has always been a little harder which is why mountain biking has been a big challenge but anyway i love it and i discovered the longer i can go the better i am so because once i graduated from the u i started doing um marathons and i was really a lot better at marathons than i was in college so okay so you're you're a little like dan then you know with the kind of uh you know like Dan, I've been trying to get Dan to do cyclocross with me for years now. And, and he, I think he's, he sits pretty firmly on the, you know, two hour plus side for it, huh? Yeah. yeah my warmups, sure. my warmups take two hours, so that wouldn't work. Yeah. Like I can run a mile and 20 miles basically at the same pace. <laughs> so um, Amy, just tell us quickly how you got into cycling and, um, and the role that knee pads played in that oh my gosh <laughs> wow i'd even forgot about that um okay so i had always run and i coached my girls in high school when they ran and then um my girls grew up and then my boys all of a sudden decided they wanted to do mountain biking and i have like the worst 
case of FOMO of anyone probably in the world. So as soon as they started mountain biking, I decided that I probably needed to start mountain biking. So for the first year, Tate and I actually shared a bike and we would, you know, choose who got, went, got to go to practice and stuff. But yeah, the knee pads, I wore knee pads for like three years because I was trying to protect my knees and I fell a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it, I don't think it was three years. I think it was like a year and a half, maybe. <laughs> then Zach was like, one day he's like, when's the last time you fell, Amy? And I, I was like, it's been a while and you should take your knee pads off. So I did. <laughs> yeah, that's... Um, There's like a so, lot of people who kind of had that experience of like their kids got into Nike and then they got them into that. And that's cool. Cause I don't know that that happens in a lot of other sports. I think when your kids start playing football, you don't go and start playing football. I, I kind of, I love that there's that, that cool, like family aspect to the sport. Yes. It's the best sport. Cause you can do it with your kids. Well, right. Absolutely. You know, like, like Dan, what else would we spend time doing together? I don't, I don't even know, you know, like eating, I guess. Fighting? But, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so Amy, you've done, you've done a bunch of cool events. You've done like point to point, you've done Leadville. Um, tell us really quick about like the cool things you've got on your race calendar for this year. Oh, I have a really cool year. Um, the first one I'm maybe going to do, I've been a little stymied by a hamstring injury that I've had for the past month, but I, my boys and I signed up to do a 91 K run in Arizona in April. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it and I'm kind of heartbroken, but the other two, one K. Yeah. So it's like 50 miles and, it's, oh. and it just, I was so excited about it. So I'm, I don't know if I'll be able to do it. That's why I've been doing so much Watopia so I can stay in shape. Holy smokes, man. That's what's, what's kind of your like idea or what, what like running distance are you the best at? Is it just the longer, the better, or are you best at around a marathon or. You know, I don't really know. I have, I mean, up until a few, like this last year, two years ago, I've only ever done marathon is my longest one. And then um, Josh Flickinger invited us to do the rim to rim to rim in the Grand Canyon. Um, and we kind of, I kind of love that. So that's 48 miles. So I've done 48 miles twice. And then, then the 56 miler actually seems a little bit easier than the Grand Canyon because it doesn't have as much elevation gain. So I don't know. I, I'm assuming I'll be, is, the longer I can go, the better. That's just what I'm assuming. So tell us about your other cycling events you've got lined okay. up because these, these are impressive. And then I'm super excited because I bought a gravel bike last year. And so I'm going to do Crusher in July. And I think that'll be good because that is really climby and I like to climb. And the other one that's super cool that I kind of stole from Hannah Otto because she did it last year is I signed up for La Ruta, which is a stage race in costa rica in november no way yeah, yeah and i'm petrified of that but um you have to do something scary really scary once a year that's what i try to do those are the best kind of goals that scare you a little bit um yes. another question i've always wanted to ask is where does your motivation come from as an athlete 
what's like motivating you right now currently to to train and do all this cool stuff well you know i'm i'm the kind of athlete that i don't really need a race to train for i love to train so even if i didn't have these cool things that i'd chosen to do i would still be out there every single day i love it so much and also there's a little like you know obsession compulsion <laughs> i love i just love it i feel good it's my natural high how about that yeah. i, I can definitely relate to that but like i think i, I kind of feel that too because like I, there was a, there were a couple of years recently where i didn't race you think it's like is it just that that's what you've always done and that's all you know how to do or is this like a significant like for me it's like a big component of my mental health i think for a lot of people they just think it's super fun like if you had to like drill a little deeper why is it do you think that you actually enjoy the training part Mm, you know, I, well, okay. There's a couple of things I really like that I can always, my body, like my body's ready to do anything because I'm always in shape. Like I could go do this tomorrow because I'm always in this baseline shape. Does that kind of make sense? And mm -hmm. also I feel like my exercise or when I my it's like a big part of my social life so i don't like go to lunch with friends but i go on a bike ride with friends well, i hear that holy smokes dude no but that's i don't know i like dan and i kind of think that's the real magic of nike you know is that like you know like like uh, the u.s produced cyclists before nike but i think it's a lot harder to just get people to go out and train on their own and stuff and like that social aspect i i feel that for sure I mean, and it's so important to girls. That's why I love working with the Black Diamonds because it's so social and so much fun. Like I look at their goals. I have a little questionnaire I asked them and most all of them, their their number one goal for this year is to just have fun, which I love. Yeah, it's writing with girls is different and a lot more pleasant than writing with guys. But, <laughs> um, so before we start, getting into the meat and potatoes which to, obviously to the topic today we're just going to talk about running and and how to kind of incorporate that with cycling and advantages and disadvantages and stuff but i have one question um that i want to ask this question to a lot of our guests so if you said that there's one if if there's one secret to being the best athlete that you can be that you could possibly be what would you think that would be um, you know, it, it reminds me of my favorite quote and it's, um, comparison is the thief of joy. And that's said by Theodore Roosevelt. And I feel like, um, that's kind of a secret to just don't compare yourself to other people and find joy in what you're doing. Oh, that's a, that's a very TBY-ish kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That's good. All right. Well, should we jump into the meat and potatoes of it? Talk about yeah. running? And we, Dan and I were talking, like, we, we kind of feel like we probably should have done this earlier in the winter, uh, mm -hmm. but we don't, have our, you know, our, we don't have our stuff together quite as much as we should. But well, uh, we didn't really feel qualified to talk about running because both of us are pretty terrible runners. Notably bad. <laughs> Hilariously bad, even. 
Um, but yeah, Dan, Dan, Dan's prepared some good questions here. So I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, you know, I am excited to learn. Amy and I have this kind of back and forth thing we've been doing for a while where I say running's awful and Amy says running's good. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to hear you guys out and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you can convert me back into running a little bit. Yeah, don't you usually compare it to kale or spinach and stuff like that? Yeah. You know, or like, like yeah. my, my, you know, cause I say running's for criminals. Ha 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 ha. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I get it. But I, I think I think the more you learn about something, the more you understand it. The more you understand something, uh, the more useful you can make it. So I'm I'm excited to see. You know, Dan Dan shared his notes with me, but I haven't pulled them out yet. So I'm I'm excited to see where this goes. Well, I kind of always think of like running as vegetables and cycling as fruit. Like they're both good for you. One's just a little easier to eat, I guess. Um, <laughs> there but... you go. But so, um, well, first of all, how, like, how does running affect you as a cyclist? I mean, does it, I mean, does it make you better? Does it make you worse? Does it depend? What would you say? Like, okay. So I, I have some negative things that running does to cycling. And then I have some positive ones. Which ones do you want to hear first? Oh, that's... oh boy. Um, let's let's get the negative ones out of the way first. Yeah, I want to hear I want to hear your, your your thoughts on how this could be like negative. Okay. Okay, so when you're running and when you're cycling, you're using muscles, but they're different muscles, right? That's a negative. Right. Sort of. Sort of a negative. Um when you're running, there is some muscle fiber damage due to eccentric braking, which is kind of like stretching, your muscle stretching. Um Another negative is that when you're running, I'm a kind of an example of that. I have a little bit of a hamstring injury. So there you can get injured, but you can get injured when you're cycling too, right? Um, another negative is you're not developing the specific neuromuscular connections that are used in cycling. And the very last one that I have found is that running can make you tired. And if you overdo it, it can compromise your cycling. So. That's all the negative. Those weren't too bad. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll tell you the positives now and you'll forget all about the negatives. Um, variety. Variety is a huge positive. Variety is the spice of life. Um, the positive psychological influence breaks the monotony of always cycling and adds variety. And running is fun. I'll stand by that. I love it's fun at running group. <laughs> it's fun. Um, another positive is it enhances your body stability and total body conditioning, which may reduce the risk of injury in mountain biking. What do you um, think about that? So, no, that is interesting. Cause I, I've always kind of told people that like my, my pitch on, on cycling is that like, okay, well you, cause a lot of people run like, well you run, you get all, you can get all the same workout, except it's, it's just not as hard. Cause like when I run, it's really hard on my knees. It's like a lot of people have, it's like hard on their ankles or their back or whatever. Um, that's interesting that it can kind of like, you, if you strengthen yourself, it can make the cycling better. And maybe, and I'd imagine maybe vice versa too. Yes, for sure. Um, especially mountain biking, because like, if you're road biking a lot, you don't, you're more stable and you're not moving around as much, but anybody that's mountain bike has done so much pushing and pulling and side, you know, sideways maneuvering. So, um, 
while running, you improve your body balance and neuromuscular coordination that are necessary for mountain biking, kind of like what I said. Um, running can help you correct your muscular imbalances. Okay. What well, muscular imbalances? Like, I'm, I'm not like, what do, what do you mean by that? Like, is it like, uh, like cyclists have really, really strong legs, but the rest of their body isn't so strong or is it more complicated than that? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, even just when you're cycling, your pelvis is in such a stationary position. And then lots of times when you people start running, they have like hip, hip, problems and stuff because they're not used to using their pelvis in a different position. Does that kind of make sense? And hmm. you're so anyway, just using different muscles and different postures, even. Um, another positive would be improving bone density. Which is huge for cyclists. Yes. Bone yeah, density like a lot of people have because i've heard like people have like osteoporosis or stuff when they get older is that like is that something that cyclists should be or they're just like generally people generally should be more worried about because i i hadn't even considered that before um women in general will have like a lower bone density as they age so um yeah i mean weight training also helps with your bone density, but the pounding that you get straight when you're running strengthens your bones. Really? And you just don't any pounding when you're cycling. I mean, maybe a little push pull on a mountain bike, but yeah. Yeah. If you're getting like running levels of impact bones when you're riding mountain bikes, I think you're probably riding mountain bikes wrong. <laughs> yeah. I need like, you know, a shock or something. <laughs> That's super interesting. I, I hadn't considered that before. Sorry to cut you off. This is like, I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot. I'm, yeah. Um, so yeah, bone density is huge. Um, another thing is a positive is it's an aerobic exercise. So you're still working your aerobic system. And another one that is just convenient. It's available when cycling isn't an option, when you're on vacation, when the weather's bad, when you're in a time crunch, yeah, it basically takes like no time to get ready to run. You kind of just put in your shoes and you can run. Like you almost don't even have to change your shoes. You could just run pretty much anywhere yeah. you're at. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's super, super time efficient. Um, one thing I, I've noticed about me running is like when I run, it really gets my cardiovascular system. Like, like I get, I'm breathing so much harder when I'm running than, when I'm riding a bike, it's almost hard for me to get my cardiovascular system ramped up as much running is it is or riding when I do is it is it is when I'm running, you know. So and that's probably just because I'm totally inefficient and so forth. But um yeah, it's it's kind of like a good hard workout for me because I don't do it very well or very often, you know. So yeah, and it's just different. You're used you're training muscles that you haven't used. Well, and it's, it's like, it's interesting that you like, like to Dan's point, I think to the, like, just back to the convenience point that like, it's, it's the most accessible. I mean, it's probably the most accessible form of exercise out there because cycling, I don't think is like super accessible. Right. Like we happen to live in a place that has a lot of good, you know, like, like areas to go cycling where the drivers are decent about cyclists, you know, or a lot of places have like bike lanes for road biking. There's a lot of mountain biking opportunities. I'm, I'd imagine there are some places in the world where it's not safe to run, but like, 
not that many, right? And, you know, like a pair of running shoes, you know, we always have kids. Like the, the biggest question we get every year is like, oh, my parents are taking me on this two-week-long trip right before Nike or whatever in the middle of like my, my building block or whatever. And we're going to be on the beach and I can't bring a bike because flying with a bike sucks um, as running. You know, that like if you have that in your back pocket, like I'm not a good enough runner now that I think I could replace my cycling with it training-wise. But if you have that like card to play, you know, and something happens, you have the the injury or the whatever it is, just, uh, you know, inconvenience where you can't ride, like being able to run has got to be huge. Well, let's, yeah. let's have Amy talk about that for a second. Um, so if you're, you know, if you've got a two or three week vacation planned, we'll, we'll say a one to two week vacation planned. Um, is it a good idea to substitute running during that week? Okay. So I was thinking about that a lot, but I think it would be a good idea, but you haven't been running. I wouldn't just think I'm going on vacation. I'm going to start running. I wouldn't. Yeah. Vacation is <laughs> not a good time to start running basically. Oh, no, I just think you're asking for an injury. Um, Instead of that, I, I'd recommend other ways to be active instead of just having your very first run when you go to Hawaii. Um, you could, you could walk fast up a hill. You could find the gyms, exercise equipment, or didn't you one time like stairs in a hotel, Dan? I did, but I did get injured from that. I was, oh yeah. I was like super sore forever, like running up and down stairs. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's that the same thing back. that it, if, if you want to have the option, you need to be prepared ahead of time. So I'm, I'm actually interested in this because it seems like, especially for the crowd we're dealing with, if you're talking to people who haven't really exercised much and they're getting into exercising, I think there's kind of a limit on how hard you can go. Mm -hmm. I, talking to a group of really, really fit people, but people who still aren't experienced at running. I think run, like running is something that we, we can do. Most of us can do like naturally when we're, you know, just after we're born, right? Like riding a bike is, is this kind of ex this supplemental thing that we figure out, but running is a skill, right? Like the fact that you can run doesn't mean that you can run safely for long distances. Like why, why is it that like you really have to work on your running as a skill? And you kind of said, they're like, don't go, and just try to get into running, diving headfirst in, trying to run a fast 5K or whatever they say. What? Why is that? Like, why is it that you're so at risk for injury there? Like, as a cyclist starting to do that? Yeah. Like, that someone who's fit enough to run harder than they should. Like, what's the actual risk there? Oh, so many things. <laughs> so many things. There's just the stretching of your muscles as you're breaking and hitting the ground that could be painful. I mean, probably you're not going to hurt yourself. You'll probably just be really, really sore. But the real issue is that cyclists have a really big engine. And when you go, when most cyclists go out to go on their first run, first of all, they'll probably be in some old shoes they found around the house and that's bad. And then don't, then you'll go out and do a long, fast run and you have the fitness, but your body isn't ready for it. Right. Well, because I, I remember one time, Dan, I don't know if you remember this. We were driving down to St. George and I was having uh, some struggles with the way I was approaching cycling and exercise at the time. But I remember stopping at a gas station and feeling like, oh, I'm not I'm not going to be able to ride today. 
because we'd left too late. We had to go. I think I went to school all day. I was in high school. I went to school all day. Not going to be able to ride tonight. Haven't ridden for this would be my second day not riding. So we stopped at the gas station, I think in Cedar City, the one by the bowling alley. And I just got out of the car. I'm like, I'm going to run half a mile down the road as fast as I can and then turn around and run half a mile back. And I remember doing it pretty fast because I was in good shape, but I was sore for like two weeks after that. I could still feel that in my legs because I did it in like street shoes. Because like, and like you mentioned, like the shoes, like the shoes are a big, a big deal, right? Like you, you can't, you like, if you, if you like, why, why, how big a deal are shoes in your opinion? Maybe I should ask first. Oh, I think a, the hugest deal. Like, I think if you're contemplating running, you should go immediately to the running store and have them fit you with a pair of shoes that's comfortable because they may look clean and fresh, but for sure, if they're over a year old, for sure, then you just need a new pair. They're like, compressed they just need think of think how hard the asphalt is and you're just slamming your body over and over on it why would you not want to protect yourself I mean even the trail is hard if you're even going on a trail run so and your body is cyclist you're just not used to unless you're crashing every moment you're not used to slamming onto the ground that's why you wear knee pads (laughs) would you recommend (laughs) the shoes that have like a lot of padding oh like the Um, hookahs like three inches of lift on them or whatever? <laughs> you know, I don't, I hesitate to recommend any particular kind of shoe. I think you should go to the store. And I mean, of course I work for Salt Lake Running Company. So I think they do a really good job. They put you on a treadmill and then they can analyze whether your feet roll in or what kind of shoe that would fit you the most with the kind of style of running that you're going to do. But I think all shoes are, most all shoes are made well. You just have to find one that fits on your foot, right? Okay. Hmm. So I won't wear brands. Different person to person, like hookahs might work well for one person, but maybe this other specific shoe. And I guess just based on the way your body moves and stuff. Yes, absolutely. And also, it's Hoka. Hoka. Oh, who? Oh, uh oh. Did we just? (laughs) Yeah. Whoops. Just to make you educated in running shoes. No. Well, hey, you know, like this. This is good. This this is another thing for me to nerd out about. But like you said, so you said a year. So if you've had running shoes, and maybe you haven't used a ton, but like. Like, because I hear like serious runners cycle through shoes every like two or three weeks, right? Like you can burn through shoes quickly if you're running a ton. I mean, they say 300 to 500 miles per switch out your shoes. So, I mean, when you think about if you buy a nice pair of bike shoes, what is it? Maybe $250, a really nice pair. And a pair of running shoes is like $150. So, and most cyclists probably only need to buy a couple of pairs a year at the most so that's not like a huge expense you can also find shoes that are marked down price but I still would go and get fit at a store so you're not just buying random shoes that's actually a good point because I always tell people like you need to get bike fit so getting like running fit I guess by someone who knows what they're doing is is worthwhile you'd say absolutely and even just the most valuable thing is going somewhere and trying on a couple of different brands so you can feel how different they feel because they all of them feel different. Interesting. Okay. Do you, do you personally have, I know that like we can't extrapolate your experience to everyone and everyone's going to be different. What's your go-to running shoe right now? Right now on my, on the road, I like to wear a Hoka and I have three different brands of trail shoes right now. So 
I'm just kind of experimenting with those. I just switch them around. I think they're all good. So say you are a cyclist who wants to start running just kind of as like a cross training type thing. Um, Cause it really is just such a good option for cross training for a cyclist because it's not expensive. Like a lot of, a lot of other sports are. Um, but what would you say is like, how do you get into it? How do you go from like being a cyclist to a cross training runner type person? Um, okay. So I was thinking about this, that if, well, first of all, if you're planning on doing the spring season, like all the national races and stuff, I wouldn't start now. But if I was doing Nike and I was kind of thinking about entertaining the idea of starting to run, I think starting now would be a fine time. So does that kind of make sense? I wouldn't start running if I was going to be racing in a month or two. I would maybe wait till the fall again. But if you're if you're a Nike cyclist, I think you, you could start now and work into it safely. Um, so like we said, the first thing I would do would I would be to get some new shoes. Um and then you need to start slow. I would go one to two times per week with a combination of running with emphasis on walking. Because like we were saying, Dan, um, we talked about this before that sometimes walking is zone two. And then if you start jogging, then it takes you up into like zone three-ish. So especially when you're starting, I would... Um, emphasize walking and for example you could go out on a 20 to 30 mile no not mile sorry 20 oh. to 30 ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. jokes on us um 20 to th 30 minutes but maybe you would walk for two minutes and jog for three minutes and alternate between walking and jogging for 20 to 30 minutes and then um increase your running time no the key here if you remember anything is don't increase more than 10% a week. That's like a hard and fast rule, 10%. 10%, so, that's a lot. Like that doesn't feel like very much. I think a lot of these like really hardcore athletic kids would be like, only 10%, that feel like, these kids probably want to go 50% more every week. Yeah, yes, for sure. So like say you went for 20 minutes your first time, the first week you did 20 minutes. The next week you'd want to do 22 minutes, 24 minutes the next week. Or if you're going by mileage, then obviously if you went, what is it? 20, well, I can't even think 10 miles, you would go 11 miles the next week and 12 miles the next week. So very slow increases. Okay. Is that, is that like a kind of just a sustainability thing or is it, is it more just like giving your body time to work? I mean, I'm not sure it's all, but like what, like, why is it? Because I think a lot of kids like like me, I think back to me in high school, I would have heard that and been like, oh, come on. Like, I can I can do more than that. Like, what is your sell on that hard and fast 10% rule? Honestly, it's injury prevention. Okay. Slamming your body under the ground, you, you need to increase cons very conservatively. So, and another thing I would recommend if you're trying to start is, since you're a cyclist, you need to save your competition for your main sport. So when you go out, just forget about your pace, your heart rate, and just run. Remember that this is supposed to be a break from cycling, not another competitive endeavor. 
Oh, so that's good. Cause I feel like when I go and run, I, I feel like I'm straving it and everything. There's this awful little part of my brain where I'm like, I'm not going fast enough. People are going to think I'm a slow mm-hmm. runner. Like, right. like that's, and that I think, I think I'm a good example of probably what not to do because I haven't been able to like sustainably add running consistently to my, to my training repertoire. And, and when you say like, like, is that, that's probably my memoir just like a mental thing. Do you think for, for these kids to kind of keep, said, keep the competition in cycling for now? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And when you think about the kids that join Maber, they're really competitive. And so right. they're all striving for the best. So what I would do if I was wanting to add running and I was super competitive, I would not strava it or hide it or don't look at your pace or don't go with, you know, don't go with a watch. Just when you leave your house, just look at what time it is and then look at what time it is when you come back and then wow. get a video of, if you can't take the competition out of it, then I think you're going to be too tired and could get injured. Does that sound too cut and dry? I don't know. No. And, and I'm, if you just, cause I'm kind of going off field and like, if we're kind of talking to the average Maybird rider who's pretty fit, but doesn't have running experience, like how hard can and should you go when you first start running? I mean, can you, is it safe to really go and like really be like working super hard if you're just going off of sort of perceived exertion or should it be like you kind of keep a lid on it and you feel like you go a little harder? Like what would your recommendation there be? Well, I think if you haven't been running, you might feel kind of weird when you start like, all arms and knees and kind of spastic maybe. <laughs> so maybe forget about your time and the pace and just really focus on being in the moment and enjoying it because running is fun. <laughs> so so here's here's my question like like how would a cyclist incorporate running into their season like um, is it better to just do it like in the winter during the winter season as part of winter training? Is it better to do it all year long? I mean, I'm, maybe there's times where you'd focus on one more than the other. What would your recommendations be there? You know, I think, it, well, first it's a personal decision that decide if you really, if you like running, then I would keep it up year round. I think Obviously, in the winter is a time to add a little bit more running and then backing it off during your main cycling season. One time per week in the main cycling season should be sufficient to keep you adapted to the stress of running during your main cycling season. Then you don't have to start from zero every winter. Okay. Because that's what I feel like I've every time I've tried to run, I only do it in the winter and I'm starting from zero every single time. And I kind of tell people with cycling that like you get into cycling when it becomes just a normal, sustainable part of your life. I'd imagine the same applies to running, right? Yes, absolutely. And um, it's important to remember that like two hours of biking is not the same as two hours of running. (laughs) When like ratio, people are always like, what do you think the ratio of running to biking is? And I would think it would be about two to one or three to one as far as biking to running. So maybe roughly like 30 to 45 minutes of running equals a two hour mountain bike ride. So what you have to think about when you have a run in the cycling season, you are, you're saving so much time when you're going out for a run. So say you were going to, 
you cut out about an hour, hour and a half by going on like a 30 minute run when you choose to run. But that's when it can be you, hour 15 can be used to recover or to accomplish other day to day chores like homework, family time and healthy habits. So if you ran once a week and just cut out some of your cycling time, you could spend more time being refreshed and ready to cycle. That's a really good, because I think a lot of the kids on our team too, like I think cycling and endurance sports generally do attract like a really motivated crowd. So it's really cool that a lot of kids on our team are really like academically involved. So you think maybe for if a kid's feeling like, hey, like I, I want to get better and better, but I'm just at the limit of how much cycling I can do with schoolwork or with like uh, music or IB or whatever it is that these kids are church stuff, whatever it is that they're doing. Another good stuff you're saying is that it's just like you can sub in much less, like time-wise, much less running and get similar bang for your back. You know, so maybe like, hey, if Wednesdays you're really struggling to get this ride in, you can run for half the time and it counts just about as much in terms of improvement. Is that like the, the basic sell here? Absolutely. And but you the key would be to watch your intensity because you don't want to be more tired than you would be after a two hour ride or whatever your prescription was. So you can, I've tried this before. You, it's really hard to run hard and cycle hard in the same season, unless you're a triathlete. And I don't even know how they figure that out, but <laughs> literally you have to choose which one you want to be better at and then dial down the other one. Yeah, that makes sense. So you basically like, I kind of think with, with like, like cross training is super important, but I personally think you kind of need to do it within certain seasons. Like, you know, you can have a season where you focus on where running might be your, your focus and cycling would be secondary. And then another season where cycling would be your focus and running would be secondary because it does kind of seem like if you try to do everything a hundred percent at the same time, you can kind of either overdo it or not get good at either of them kind of is, is my observation. So, yes. For sure. Yeah. You need to feel fresh for what you're emphasizing. I'm curious, and this is a little off topic, trail running versus road running. Do you think it matters? Is it just whichever one you think is more fun? Like, which do you like more? Is, is it like, I guess, first off, is there a significant difference or is like, it's one-to-one, they're the same, just do whatever you prefer. Well, I think the road running will be the most convenient because you can leave your house directly and not have to travel anywhere. I think mountain running or trail running is really similar to cycle, to mountain biking. So it's because it, you have to do the same thing when you're mountain biking as when you're trail running. Like you have to look for a line. Right. When you know, so it's like kind of using your same part of your brain that you're doing. It, right. But I think the biggest deal is that for me, at least when I'm on the road, I run a lot faster than when I'm on the trail. And so when I get on the trail, my pace is so much slower. Maybe Brady's isn't, but mine is. <laughs> and so it feels like more of a recovery or relaxing being on the trail. Plus, there's some controversy about this, but it feels softer on the trail, even though maybe it's your body adapts to it a little bit wherever you are. Oh, okay. that... <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's interesting. Softer. Cause like, I like one thing, one thing that I have done that's helped me a little more is I'll go running with, with Tessa and we'll do, go to the, the Dell and Sandy. Oh. Right, the, 
where it's like wood chips that yes. and that I have a bad knee and that's yeah. what's like a big part of like that. I mean, that in work this season, like that's been a big part of like keeping me out of running this winter is that my knee bugs me, but it bugs me a lot less running on like wood chips or something like that. Is that, is there any downside to that other than there just aren't a lot of places that are like that? Or it, like, is there a reason you should be road running eventually or what, what are your thoughts? Um, I don't think so. No. I mean, the wood chips, I hate them so much because they feel like they like suck the life out of me. Yeah. No, they're slow. you go slow, but like, I oh. found, like after 45 <laughs> minutes, I was like, Oh, my knee still feels okay. Like I'm not, you know, but like road running, I, and I'm, it's cause I mean, it's probably cause my form sucks and I need to be like, you know, paying more attention. You know, It'd be me. like you riding a bike with 160 mils of travel. Oh, okay. Is that actually, Amy, is that kind of, is that sort of what I'm saying here? Am I the guy who's like, oh, well, riding this big monster truck makes it more comfortable for me. So and you're like, I guess, dude, if that's what you need to do. But <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the wood chips is a great idea, really. Like I said, I hate, I hate doing it, but it totally is a smart thing to do. Yeah. Oh, that makes me feel a little better. Absolutely. She probably doesn't get her PRs on wood chips, but for you, Joe, they're okay. And, <laughs> and one thing I was wondering, like, so, so running's hard and it kind of hurts, you know, but I guess you do get used to it as you, as, as you get better at it. But what about like, um, are there substitutes for running? Like is hiking a good substitute for running, walking fast? Are, yeah. are, those, are those things less beneficial as beneficial? What would you think about those things? No, I think they're amazing for sure. Cause you're still out and enjoy. I'm just being outside. makes me so happy. So, and I think anything you can do outside that makes you a better athlete, you should do. That's why I have Watopia outside what? because I, I get sad without sunshine and walking is a great substitute. I don't, I don't think if you, I think if, I don't think if you can't run, I don't, I think people are like hard on themselves. And if you just don't like it, that's fine too. But maybe lots of people haven't given it a, a fair shot. So that's what I'm advocating how, for. If you want to yeah, try it. Like how long does it take to get comfortable with running? Like how long before you should give up? Like if you it's like, say next, say next winter, you want to start getting into it. Um, how long does it take to get comfortable with it for most people? Oh, kind of a while. I feel like you have to also run maybe two to three times a week to really, I mean, not initially, but once you ease yourself into it and you build up some of your volume, I think running once a week is kind of hard because it's so far between sessions so if you really want to give running a shot, maybe next winter or early this spring, working up to two to three times a week will make you feel more comfortable and give you the best chance of that runner's high that you've always heard about. Okay. So, and, and, and like, so that's not forever. That's not too bad. Like, but you, and you think most people like after that point, it just kind of starts to click and like, okay, this isn't awful. It's natural. It can happen in the background, get into a rhythm. Um, yeah. Okay. Also, That's I think okay. Our, themselves, they th everybody thinks they're slow, but every time someone tells me their pace or I see it, I'm just like, you're just normal. You're average. You're great. You know, a 10 minute <laughs> is completely average, even faster than average. Really? Like if, if we took, if we did like a scientific study where we took a hundred thousand people 
off the street and just had them run. You think a lot of them are running that just kind of 10 ish minute mile pace. Uh, it, that would be a fast. Oh, interesting. Wow. That okay. makes me feel better. Yeah. Cause I was, cause like, I think it's like, I, everyone knows a good runner in their life and, and, you know, like depending on how modest they are, they'll tell you, you find out that they're running like six minute miles consistently or that they've run a five minute mile before or whatever. And I think there's a lot of pressure where it's like, especially if you're like, well, I'm a fit person. I ride bikes a lot. Why is my mile taking nine minutes or 12 minutes or whatever? And you're like, is, that's probably not a good thing to focus on in the first bit of your running adventure. Right. For sure. That's why I say, leave your watch at home, leave your Strava at home. Don't comparison is the thief of joy, Joe. Okay. Especially if you're me, because you're, you're rarely comparing well to other people, you know, <laughs> Plus, when you think about it, you, when you go mountain biking and say you're looking at Strava, nobody knows they don't care what pace you're going. Why does it matter when you're running? That's a good point. I think we all think people look at our Stravas more than they do. I don't think, I think a lot of us are like, Oh, got to round it up to a perfect number of miles or, Oh, they're going to think I was slow on this segment. I'm like, I think you're the only one that ever looks at your Strava, you know? So that's super interesting. A lot of people, I've got another question, a little unrelated. Um, A lot of people that are time crunch cyclists that want to get like really fast, but not put a lot of time into it. will gravitate towards like high intensity intervals and, um, like, is there an equivalent for that for running and does it work or is it a good idea? Or is it better just to kind of do it kind of slower and more an endurance pace? No, you can do, I that pops into my mind is like a fartlek run. <laughs> Love that word. That's a but cool sound. It's kind of like, I mean, if you really were time crunched and had just a little bit of time, you could go out and do like, one minute fast, four minutes slow, just different. Or even like 30 30s would work running, honestly. Hmm. But I wouldn't do intensity until you're comfortable running because as the intensity goes up, running, I'm, I don't want to scare people, but it just does have a tendency to injure you if you're not prepared for the intensity o- overload. Okay. So like for the first little bit, intensity will just kind of happen like you don't basically like like, i feel like when i run i don't need to look for intensity it just happens (laughs) like running just running at a baseline jog for me because i suck at it is already fairly intense you kind of like no be looking for intensity or or, i mean when do you kind of like because i mean runners do intervals too right absolutely for sure um i would probably if you're just doing a little bit of running it's going to be intense enough just running and then maybe even just wait for like a year to get really comfortable running until you started. It's like, pretend like you're a Devo and you're just going out and having fun riding. And then maybe when you get to high school, you start thinking about doing some intervals. Right. 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 Okay. It's like, that's a, a concept that always eludes me is running slow. Like if I'm <laughs> running, I'm running. Like I can't run easy. That's walking like yeah so then your yeah. interval running walking and that's yeah. okay There's nothing wrong with that okay and and maybe for like so like if, if somebody's listening to this and they're like okay you guys have sold me i'm gonna go start running what should your first three runs actually like look like is it 
mostly walking? Because I've heard people say mostly walk, pepper in the running. Like, what would your prescription be for like a good first run? Um, maybe just think about a total time of 20 to 30 minutes and then running and walking. So, you know, you could do one-to-one ratio. You could do half of the time running, walking. So like two and a half, two and a half, or one minute on one minute, you know, one minute jog, one minute walk, one minute jog, whatever helps works with your brain. Okay. Cause like, I got this like interval timer that was free where it like, like works with your music and stuff and just be like, like every minute it'll just ping. And I'm like, okay, I'll need to run until the next ping and then I'll walk. Like, is that, yeah. is that a good, uh, good way to start maybe? Yes. And then, then do it t- maybe twice a week, once, twice a week, but then next week, keep track of what you're doing and then only increase it 10%. Only increase it 10%. Repeat that one more time. And you said that was like the max, right? Like, oh, yeah. okay. So if you're Don't- increasing it, that's okay yeah Yeah. don't be greedy joe okay well (laughs) and then i think one thing that might be worth reiterating is something she said earlier is that like you know if you've got if you're planning to race in like temecula and arkansas and you're doing a lot of the national series stuff and you haven't started running yet probably now is not the time but if um if you don't have any big races until nica or like if you're just doing some i-cups and stuff um, it probably wouldn't be a bad time to start now. So I think that's probably worth reiterating. Also, just like cycling, it's more fun with friends. So if you can find someone that is starting with you, then you're going to have more fun. You're going to get out when someone's waiting for you and maybe not think about the pain quite as much if you think it's painful. Which is kind of the magic of running group, really. Like, oh, 100%. Yeah, running group kind of, like I didn't think running could be fun until I went to running group. So yeah, it it's really is better with better with a friend, but it sounds like I need to do it more than one day a week to get good at it. You know what you you'll feel better if you did it more than one time a week for sure. More natural. Okay. Is um really quick. I, I was going to ask earlier. How do you feel about treadmills? Is treadmill, uh, is, is it is it just the same as running outside? If you have access to treadmill, is it fine? Or are you more into running outside for like beginners? You know, a treadmill is really nice because it's pretty soft if you compare it to anything you're going to run on outside. Uh-huh. Um, so if you like that situation, I think you should go for it. Treadmills make me sad. For <laughs> I need sunshine. Right. So I probably only run on a treadmill twice in my life, honestly. What really? So this is not part of your this is not a tool in your toolbox at Never. all. I think running, that's another good thing, is you can almost always run outside. Okay. So if if we're talking like we've we've got, let's say we've got a student listening to this, and in the winter they struggle because by the time they're done with school and all their other stuff, they're getting home and it's dark and cold. Do you still think you're going to have a, a better, more sustainable time running outdoors? Or is that where a treadmill comes into play for like a super time crunched person? And I know it's like a personal opinion, but what are your, and this might, uh, you know, I don't want to like, you know, blow up your whole day here, but I am, I am curious. Like, is it like, cause there are like a lot of cyclists with trainers, like fine, use it if you have to, but it sucks compared to the alternative. Like what, what are you, where would you fall? Even if it's not for you personally? Um, I think it, you can get just as good a workout on a treadmill. 
Okay. For sure. But, but if you can run outside, that's better, right? It's not better. It's just if, if it's better for you personally, mentally, then go outside. But, you know, if it's, if it's a matter of safety, I, running at night, I think is kind of sketchy because there's so many people out and I, yeah. I never, never run at night, but I would run early morning, but that's just oh. me. Okay. So no, no. if you can do it and like it and it's sustainable, then you should do it. Okay. I guess that's kind of the rule with anything though, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, as long as it works for you, this is, this has been great. Maybe I know we're kind of at an hour. Like, is there any other, is there anything else? Or maybe do you have like a final thought you'd like to leave our maybe running curious audience with here? Um. If you're curious, you should try it. Okay. That's the first step. Can, can I ask the question everyone's been wanting, been, been wondering, but no one's brave enough to ask? Oh, maybe. Okay. Which do you like better, running or cycling? Oh, <laughs> here it is, Amy. Crunch time. Uh-oh. It depends, Dan. Uh, <laughs> that's a, you know what? In this setting, that's a good answer. No nuance here, Amy. No nuance at all. No, that... Stick with it. <laughs> running was my true love after Zach, of course. Okay. Okay. That's a good answer. Well, I'll, we'll, we'll take it, Amy. We'll take it. Amy, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming here and, and, and preaching the, the gospel of running. Um, I, I, I want to reiterate, come to running group. It is awesome. I know it's hypocritical of me because I haven't made it this season yet. <laughs> I'm hoping things are different next season and I can make it on Monday nights absolutely absolutely give it a shot if if you like if if amy larkin can't get you to run then no one can she's <laughs> thanks joe yeah my pleasure and if anybody has any questions we'd love to follow up on this um you guys know where to send questions for us uh we're looking forward to having more guests in the future uh i know that the audio quality sucks when we do this over zoom but the uh the content quality i think is infinitely better than just Dan and I sitting in a basement talking at each other with better microphones. Uh, really appreciate everyone listening. Amy, thank you again for your time. And uh, uh, any final thoughts from you, Dan? Uh, no, no. Get out and run and ride your bike lots and have fun. I love it, guys. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. We will uh, talk to you all next week. Bye. <laughs>